0: It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, crime fighting barber, and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How are you, coach? This is Dan Tudor. Thank you for being a part of today's show. I appreciate you listening. Episode 72, can't believe it, and we are nearing the end of season three, and we couldn't be more excited to talk to you about this topic. Uh, In one of the earlier episodes, uh, we talked about the missing 20% in episode 69 on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast, and that was a recording we did at the talk we gave at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association Convention and their Final Four, and it got a lot of positive feedback. Because it was a unique topic, number one, but also there was good information, and um, it was a little bit different than this format where I get to talk to you personally. This was a recording of uh, the talk that I gave, so it sort of unfolded as it happened. Today, I want to do kind of the same thing with another relevant topic, um, but I want to expand on actually what I said at this convention, Uh, and this is a talk that I gave at the College Swim Coaches Convention uh, that was held recently and got a chance to present twice there. This was one of the talks that I gave, and the talk title uh, was Winning the Home Visit. Uh, reason being is that home visits are becoming more and more regular it's interesting you you stay in this long enough and many of you who have have seen home visits that were popular at one time and then because of different travel restrictions and budgets and timelines recruiting rules they sort of faded away and then like most things they started to come back and we're sort of on the the major upswing with with um, coaches who are doing home visits now and this organization wanted me to talk about the research we've done on home visits, and I was happy to oblige them and and talk about home visits, which, in a sense, is sales, and that's what I want to get to and talk to you about in this episode. And uh, as we do, I'm going to basically go through the same notes that I gave those coaches who were in attendance, but expand on them and try to make them um, applicable across sports. And the first thing that I would say about a home visit is. Mm-hmm. It really, if there was ever a time that, uh, what we always tell coaches is that you're in sales, you're all professional salespeople. If there was ever a time that was true and that it took physical form, it is when you go to into somebody's house and begin to sell them on your program. Coach, there is no more raw period in the recruiting process where you are a salesperson, uh, and, and so there are some good ways to do it. There are some bad ways to do it. And what we try to, to do whenever we talk about it is to explain how it should be done because kids have very specific views on how it should be done because you don't want to end up looking like an in-home salesperson. And we've had everything from uh, – I mean over my lifetime I've had um, – Um, people come in to sell vacuums. I've had people coming door-to-door selling alarm systems. Uh, Whatever it is, and and many of us have our own stories, we've all had people come into the house or want to come into our house and sell us something. And Isn't there an immediate discomfort with that? Uh, There's a curiosity for sure, but there's a discomfort with it because this is our home and we don't want you, a stranger, in our home trying to sell us something. We just become very defensive and what we've discovered is that the same reaction happens when a coach walks into the house, opens up their laptop, or turns on their iPad, and begins to go through a sales presentation about why their college is so great, and and now you're sitting at their table doing that, and coach, in that moment, you are nothing but a salesperson, which I don't think is necessarily bad, but I think it comes across bad, or at least it can. And I know it has because kids and parents have told us it has. Um, I will give you a uh, a real quick overview of probably the most uh, I think the, the most interesting in home sales experience that has lessons for coaches that I discussed at the convention I spoke at for the uh, swimming coaches, college swim coaches, and I want to explain it to you because I think, like I said, it has relevance to you. And this was when uh, early on in my marriage, and I was working a corporate job. Uh, Many, many, many years ago, Uh, my wife calls uh, my office and uh, says, hey, I need you to come home a little bit early because we have somebody coming over that was at my sister's house that sold her these great knives, and they just cut through everything, and I'm so excited because he's now coming over to our house Okay, well, I was, I'm in sales and was in sales even at that time. So I know what the deal is. He went to my sister's. She bought them. And he said, hey, so who are three of your friends or family members that I can contact? And that's how they get other sales calls is they get references. And we trust them because, well, hey, he sold them to my sister. Um, they're probably good. So I, I was not looking forward to the sales presentation. But when I got home, um, the individual you know, came in set up his demonstration and coach these knives were absolutely fantastic they could cut through a steel beam practically (laughs) they could cut through everything they could cut through things that my wife and i were never going to end up eating or needing a knife that sharp to cut but there he was demonstrating these incredible knives and they were great and they were sharp they were also expensive, and I wasn't in the mood to spend money for knives that we weren't going to use, but there was the peer pressure because my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, had bought some, and now he was over, and so he gets done with the demonstration. He starts going through all the options and the packages, and my wife and I are looking saying, oh, well, that one looks pretty good. That one doesn't, and, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're about to buy a set of knives, and I'll pause the story there and move on because there is an ending to the story that it goes application for coaches. Um, what, what I want to say is that um, the, the challenge for that sales professional selling the knives or the alarm system or whatever it is that, that those sales professionals sell is very much the same challenge for coaches. You have the ability and the opportunity to go in to somebody's home or have them on campus. But you, you get to present yourself to them and say, we have this opportunity, a roster spot, a scholarship, whatever it is, and we want you for it. We think we do anyway. And you have a very specific uh, timeline in mind. You have a, a procedure and a system and the home visit, maybe that's being done so that they come to campus. So there's all these things that make sense to you as a coach and as a recruiter that you're trying to get this athlete to understand. The problem is they have things going through their mind that are, are way beyond what um, what you're thinking about. So maybe your timeline doesn't match their timeline. Maybe the parent's are there, and they're not crazy about your school, your program, or where you're located, or your record last year. The cost is another thing. Can they afford it? Plus, you're not winning, coach, and your location is kind of sketchy, and you don't have a good facility, um, or at least that's what we've heard. And we also, you know, uh, got a better offer somewhere else. And your U.S. News and World Report ranking isn't as good as so and so's. And all of these things take place. It becomes a challenge for a coach, and all of that tends to happen when they're in front of you. That's what goes through their mind, or all the reasons why this isn't working. I shouldn't do this. No, this is the wrong situation for me. Just like I did along uh, when that that individual was trying to sell us knives and was in the process of selling us knives. All the objections came back to my mind, and I was I became less and less focused on the features and benefits of these incredible. Um, knives and more and more focused on my personal hangups with why we shouldn't do it. And that's the same challenge for coaches. Um, I will say this is the first teaching point to this topic of doing a home visit. If you choose to do this, coach, you have two clear, distinct goals in a home visit. At least this is my opinion after watching them unfold and listening to kids talk about them. Number one, your job number one is win the battle and make no mistake, coach, that when you go into a house, you're going into somebody's home, that's their home field, you're you're playing an away game, your goal is to win the battle and it is a battle. The second thing I would say is the home visit should be not, not having the goal of getting them to commit, although if that happens, I'm happy for you and that's great. It's rare, but I'm, it's great that that happens. But really, it should define and set up the next step. So the two goals of a home visit, win the battle and define the next step. When you go into a home visit, I would strongly suggest that those are the goals that you have. Uh, For this podcast episode, I'm going to lay it out in three different segments, the same way I did at the convention that that I spoke at, before, during, and after the visit. So what happens and should be happening before the visit to set up the visit, how have these athletes defined what happens uh, in a positive way during the visit? What do they want to see? What don't they want to see? And then what do you do after the visit? I think a lot of coaches put a lot of time and effort to what is our presentation going to look like when we get into the house. I want you to take a much more broad, in-depth view and and ask yourself these questions about what the home visit should be, not only during the visit and what the presentation is, but also. What are you doing to set up the visit beforehand? What are you doing to continue the conversation and wrap up with it afterwards? So let's focus on the before. Um, we have done a lot of study on how this generation of kid, uh, of athletes, student athlete, makes their decision. And uh, the the first thing that we always look at is from a messaging standpoint, what is the type of messaging that would get them ready for a home visit, that gets them engaged and talking And to that extent, we did a big study we do every year with our clients, um, but we shared some information in this setting uh, about how kids interact with messaging. One of the questions that we asked the class of 2018, the incoming freshmen that you had on campus campus competing for you during the uh, 2018-2019 uh, competition year and school year, we asked them what is the right overall mix that they would say should that should recruit, recruiting communication should consist of when it, it's going out from a coach to a prospect. All the different elements you can have in that mix. What is the right mix? And the the surprising answer is they want a little bit of everything. Um, they want uh, the the three strongest categories were phone calls, text messages, and emails. And I'm not going to get into all the detailed whys behind those. You just have to trust me that those are the the things that are the primary ways they want the story told to them. and uh, and it works. If you communicate that way, and the fourth, by the way, is a close fourth right behind email was hard copy letters. What haven't we mentioned before is actually the two lowest ranked and rated elements of that mix social media and social media direct messaging. Um, If we've ever done a workshop on your campus, and most workshop survey uh, focus group surveys that we do with athletic department uh, staffs and their players uh, tend to show that social media interaction is it's important from the standpoint of letting them get a peek into what life is really like there, but they don't look at it as something they're wanting. Uh, when it comes to convincing them that that's the right um, that that's the right place for them, and maybe setting up a visit or setting up further communication, it's a quick peek. It's not good at telling an ongoing story. Um, if you do an element of each one of those things before a visit, if you spend time in in serious conversation with them using a variety of techniques that's the best way we found to set up the visit you send a letter out for important uh for example what that says to them is that they're important because uh, they don't send a lot of mail they've never received a lot of mail and when they receive a hard copy letter from you it's special and it dictates to them they tell us that signals that it's important an email is the best way for them as they've just dis- as they've revealed to us. That's where they want a coach to discuss the story behind why they should go and play and compete for their program. Discussing the story via email gives them a chance to read it when it's convenient. And many of you notice that they read emails several times before uh, responding and maybe not even responding to them. They just open them up seven or eight or nine times to uh, To look at them. It's where they want to discuss the story with you. Social media, like I said, it's, that's where they visualize what it's actually like to be there on campus playing for you and competing for you as a student athlete. A phone call to them says that you're serious about us because I don't like talking on the phone, coach, and if you talk to the phone, you talk on the phone with me, I know that you must be pretty serious because I don't like doing that and you took the time to do that with me. Um, and text messaging is the easiest way for back and forth communication, which is not surprising to most of you listening. So I take all of that and say to you that if you if you can do that before the visit, set up good communication, outline why you want them, outline the plan for them, outline different aspects of their uh, their potential role with your team and you're doing that before the visit that is the best possible way to set up a good visit. And I say that because a lot of coaches don't. But a lot of coaches would say, the minute I I first contact an athlete after I've seen them and now I can contact them personally um, at some point during the process, I want to jump right to the campus visit. I want to get them on campus as soon as possible, and that's where I want to start recruiting. I'm going to let you know coach that for the vast majority of student athletes that we have surveyed over the last 2 years when a coach asks them right away to come on a campus visit most of them react negatively to it and the, the main reason for the negativity it doesn't make sense to them it's not in sequential order for them I don't know who you are coach I don't know if I want to come to your school maybe I've never heard of your school or if I have there's not a lot of positive that I've associated with it and now you want me to jump right in and come and visit your school? That doesn't make sense to them. So just be patient and take the time to um, to, um, to really set up how a visit happens when you go into the house uh, or are prepping to. Uh, because the same pitfalls and challenges that await you in trying to set up a good effective campus visit I think are present when you're trying to set up a home visit and and prep them for that home visit as well. So let's get to the meat, the during the home visit and what we have found uh, find working well. The first thing is I want you to understand how the athletes tell us they view that home visit and what they like and don't like about it. What are the pros and cons or the potential benefits and pitfalls? First of all, what they say is that when you ask to visit me in my house and that's happening, it is number one, proof that you really want me. So if you're looking to prove that you really want the athlete, that you're a program that is maybe more serious about them than other programs, do the home visit because that's something that is uh, really front and center in their mind. It, it tells them that you really want them. The other thing that is beneficial is that it is it creates an environment that where there is the potential for me as the athlete, the student athlete, and my parents, to ask you questions and to answer your questions. It's sometimes hard on the phone, it's hard via email. It's even hard on a campus because now I'm on your home field, coach. I'm on, it's your home game and I'm away and I don't feel as comfortable, but now you're in my house and it's a time where I can ask you questions, my parents can ask questions and ask questions. and So it really is unique that it sets up this great opportunity to do that back and forth communication, that's number two. The third thing is it is the ideal time for you as a coach to outline to me as the athlete, they say, explaining what is the plan for me. And if I come there, what does that look like? What role do I play? How are you going to make me better? Whatever that plan is, there's an opportunity to do that. Okay, on the on the downside, the potential pitfalls is you come in and you try to sell me on the school don't do that coach we immediately rear up and get defensive and because we don't like being sold in our home i didn't like being sold a set of knives and they don't like you coming in opening up the laptop and and sugarcoating everything at the school and making it all look wonderful and only the best pictures when you do that i start to question whether or not it's true and most of the time I will take a negative view of that and assume that you're just telling me stuff because you wanna sell me on the school. So number one, don't sell me. Number two, their word's not mine. Don't be fake. What does that mean? In other, in other words, when you only talk about the things at your school that are the positives, it it is developing a lack of trust because I don't know that you're telling me the whole truth. In fact, I have a strong feeling you aren't. You're hiding something. Nothing can be that good So don't be fake. And number three, don't pressure me. In other words, I'm not saying I want to make a decision right now. But I also want you to kind of – I'd be okay with you asking me to commit or telling me that that's where it's leading or what the next step is because I want to be pursued. I want to feel like this was worth something and I want to know that you want me even if I am not ready to say I want you yet. Okay, so again, the three benefits going into a home visit. It's proof that you really want me, coach. It's a chance for me to ask and answer questions. And it's also a plan—a a chance for you to describe what your plan for me is. On the downside, during the visit, don't sell me. Don't be fake and don't pressure me, but also open the door if I am ready to take the next step and commit or come to campus or whatever you have outlined as the next step. As far as specific points that I would give you to make sure happen on the home visit. Spend time at the start of the visit explaining why you want them. I'll say it again. First goal as you start the visit, spend time at the start explaining why you want them. It may seem obvious to you, but maybe the parents haven't heard it. Maybe it's good to say it in that setting where they all hear the same thing at the same time. It's really good to explain why you want them. And at the same point too, at, at the start, number two, spend time at the start explaining what's happening next. In other words, I'm here on this home visit. Here's where I want this to go from here. Tell them at the beginning because it gives them, Coach, added context for what you want to see happen next and and it gives them an opportunity to ask questions about it um, or give you their feedback if, if they have a different idea in mind. Point number three, spend the first half of the visit asking questions. Don't open up the laptop. Don't go on a sales presentation. You are there to ask questions because it's their ideal situation for answering them. So the questions I feel you should be asking is, are questions related to the process they're using? What are they looking for? Not looking for the positives, the negatives that they've seen in the process so far? Their questions about your school, their timeline for deciding you can go to DanTutor.com and go to our blog section and pull up 15 years of research on questions the right questions to ask the philosophy behind questions you just go into the search box and type questions you'll get a long list of um, of topics and articles and techniques and tips Uh, and we also have a separate category for questions so it's easy to find you can go there if you're wondering what questions to ask or how to formulate your questions Spend the second half of the visit, this is the next step, spend the second half of the visit answering their questions. So conceptually, what you're doing is walking in, let's just say you know you're going to be there for an hour, telling the family right at the start, this first half, for the first 30 minutes or so, I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you. And by the way, when you do that, that puts them at ease because they know how to answer questions you're going to ask them. And it shows interest and there's a little bit of an excitement and you're not putting them on the defensive right away by starting to sell them. So that happens for the first half. The second half, now you're going to answer their questions. So mom, dad, student athlete, um, now it's your turn. I want to spend the next 30 minutes answering your questions and making sure that, that we are an open book for you and so that's what the second half of the visit is now. The interesting part of that is that as they ask questions and they bring up topics maybe that are strong selling points for you or that are things that you would normally think of as a huge advantage to your campus, or maybe just opportunities to explain it further even if it's not an advantage but a perceived negative, this is where you start selling your campus and this is the next point. Sell your campus and your program as you answer their questions. So, in other words, I've got a question about your location, and I'm not really sure where it is. We've never been to that part of that state before, um, but it seems sort of small, like a small college town. I mean, I'm from a I'm from a large city. How you know what what do the kids do for fun, or other internship opportunities, and whatever the question is? That's now an opportunity as you answer the question to have something ready to go on your laptop or on your iPad and sell your campus. By answering their question, so in other words, if you have something to show them, or talk to them about, or explain to them that you can reference visually, or on your laptop, or through any kind of, of um, uh, presentation or slide or whatever it is that you're using, that's when you jump in and sell your campus. You're selling your campus and your program as an answer to their question because now you're not selling me; you're telling me something that I'm that I've verbalized I'm interested in. And I'm ready to listen. So often, we as adults with these athletes, these student-athletes, get um, we assume that they're hungry for all of the information that we have. And they want to see all of campus. And they want to hear everything great and all the bullet points about our rankings and everything. And most of the time, they don't. Student-athletes know a lot about your campus already. We're there to answer the question of of. For when you don't know something, here's the answer to it, and here's why it should be seen as a benefit. So, again, last time I'll say it, sell your campus and your program as you answer their questions. And at the end of the visit, you've had this great conversation, ask them what they want to see happen next. And I want you to use those words exactly what do you want to see happen next in the process? And what we're really asking them is forget about my timeline as a coach, what's your timeline? What comes next on your list? Where do you want to take this? And that could range everything from, you know, we just got to take some time to figure out if you're a campus that we want to visit, but this has been really good, thanks. And Or it could be, coach, I mean, I'm sold, so can I commit? Do you have a scholarship for me or am I in? Whatever uh, the case may be. When you ask them what they want to see happen next, they will usually speed up the process. And so if you're a coach that wants the process to kind of um, accelerate and you think sometimes it starts dragging, just ask this question. And you can do this not just on a home visit but, but everywhere um, on the phone when they're on your campus. Ask them what they want to see happen next and um, just watch how that goes because we found a lot of coaches trying that and it's, um, it's been successful. Last thing they're recommending is if you're ready to have them verbally commit, ask them. I'll say it again. If you're ready for them to verbally commit, their recommendation to you, Coach, is ask them. And how you ask them has been covered in previous podcasts. We talk about it a lot in our workshops that we do. We talk about it with you as a client. Um, So there's, you can always go back to previous podcasts um, and just you know, search for asking for a commitment. You can also um, um, do that on our website. Again, whenever I reference the website and those articles, those are free. So I want you to know that they're there for you to use. Um, and it's a pretty detailed, in-depth topic, which is why I don't have time to get into it here. But the point is, what they say is that, Coach, if you're ready for us to verbally commit, then ask us. How you ask them, you can determine that or you can go and look up our resources. And the point is, though, they're ready to take action. And are you ready, as a coach, to give them the opportunity to take action? Okay, so back to the knife story. Dan getting sold the set of knives. Uh, on this note of asking them for the commitment, we were there. We were. I could feel us getting closer to buying the knives. We had zeroed in on the option we wanted. And we kind of sat silent for a minute as we were both, my wife and I, trying to figure out, do we do this? Do we want to? I think we do. Okay. And then the young knife salesman said to us, you know, I could also give you a week or two to think about it and then call you back and you could tell me then. And immediately I pounced on that. I said, absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah, we need to talk about it. Hey, coach, we didn't need to talk about it. I didn't want to buy the knives, but it's interesting that I was leading in that direction because he was doing a great job of leading me towards that conclusion. He gave me the opening, and I took it by delaying the decision. We all want to delay decisions. When you're in a house and you are in the home of a prospect that you really want, and the conversation has been great, please don't be the coach that says, okay, well, hey, it's been great visiting. We're going to keep watching you, and we're going to come to that tournament this summer or this next fall. Um, Keep in touch, and we'll do the same, and thanks. Bye. Uh, When you do that, it confuses the athlete. It confuses the parents. Sometimes it makes them mad. They talk about how they feel like that was a waste of time, like there was nothing that came of that. And that's why in the first recommendation I mentioned that you should tell them what the next step is. If you know you're there to ask for a commitment... Let them know at the start that at the end of this conversation, we're going to talk about possibly committing to our program or at least what you want to see as the next step. So just be be ready for that. Be thinking about that. Give them a preview of that. And then lead them to that decision, Coach. Because at the core of it, look, we needed the knives. We had Really crappy knives when we were first married. And true, we didn't use them all that much, but we needed some new ones. And these were great knives and we would probably still have them. They were that good. But even though we needed them, and even though I felt like, hey, I think we're ready to buy, he gave me that opening and I took it because we all will delay a tough decision. Your athletes delay tough decisions. I delay a tough purchase decision or an optional purchase decision that I'm not excited about if the opportunity comes. Don't let that happen on a home visit because it's an ideal opportunity for you to lead as a coach. So that's the during. Now, what about the after? So we've gone through before the visit, during the visit. Now, after the visit, it was interesting. We asked the class of 2018 nationally um, after you visited campus, how long was it before you felt ready to commit? And where was it? Coaches are always wanting that too. How much time do these kids, the families say they're going to go home and think about it? How much do they think about How long do they think about it? What was interesting is that when we broke it out, zero to seven days, nearly three out of ten prospects say, I am ready. We as a family were ready to commit within a week of visiting a campus. That's a that's a, a big number, three out of ten. Um, another two out of ten said between a week and three weeks, and another two out of ten said within you know thirty days. So if you add up those first three columns, a week, a week to three weeks, and then a month, that's nearly 70% of your prospects say nationally that they were ready to commit one month within visiting a college well, so wait a minute, so Dan, why aren't they calling me committing? Because coach, they're waiting for you. They don't know that they should be doing that. Uh, you're in my house. I'm not going to assume that you're going to offer me. Uh, I'm going to wait for you, coach. So the, the biggest thing after the visit is to make sure you're continuing to lead them towards making that decision. This The study that we did proves that this generation of kids is ready to take action. They are waiting to be led, and very quickly, they define you. When you walk into their house and you're spending time with them, positively or negatively, you walk out of there, they have defined you as a person. They've probably defined your program. And it's important because what are you you lending towards that definition? That you're leading them, that you are taking action, or are you coming off as somebody who doesn't really know what to do uh, and by the way, when you don't ask many times, that defines your program as weak. That you'll just take anybody at any time. So the the image and the description of you, the definition of you that you leave with when you walk out of that house is critical, and it's going to impact what happens after the visit. But just know that after the visit, when you walk out, they're they're often ready to commit, and in many cases, they're disappointed that that didn't happen on the visit itself. So that's the before, during, and after of a home visit. Uh, There are, are of course, individual questions that you might have uh, that we didn't answer. Please get in touch with me. Uh, Email me, dan at dantutor.com. You can go to our website, like I said, and there's data on on campus visits, home visits, questions to ask, timelines. There's, There's so many resources that we put on there for free that encompass 15 years of our research into the topics that we feel are important to all of you. If you're doing home visits, remember this is their home field. You come in and do it the right way and it leaves an incredibly positive impact that compares well to the other coaches that are doing the same thing, walking into the house but doing it incorrectly. So please do it correctly. Uh, Use this as a resource. Coach, we are so glad that you're listening to the podcast. We get so many great uh, comments and feedback, and we appreciate that. Tell your friends to listen. We'll have more great episodes. We have some more slated for this year uh, before we end season three. If you have ideas, you want to jump on the podcast and be a guest, we'd love to have that. Um, Lots of information that we've been going over, and we're going to continue to do that. We thank you for listening today. Go out and have successful, fantastic really relevant and productive home visits by using this information. You've been listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. I'm Dan Tudor. Coach, we will see you the next time. Have a great week out there.